You are now listening to the Numb Bills Fan Podcast! With your hosts, David Palermo and Adam Beacon. Find us online at numbbillsfan.com. Welcome to Numb Bills Fan Podcast for May 1st, 2017. I am your host, David Palermo. Find me on Twitter at numbbillsfan. Oh, I'm your co-host, Adam Deacon. Find me on Twitter at numbillsadamd. I didn't know if we were recording or not. You looked like you were having trouble over there. You looked you looked confused. You all right? Uh, we're all right. We got the dogs in the room today. So if you hear any heavy breathing, don't worry. It's not Deacon. It's just my dogs. It might be Deacon. It might be me, but I wouldn't ever admit to it. Essentially, we have a tornado watch here in Rochester, New York, and... Uh, I, could, I ain't scared. I could tell when there was lightning because my one dog, she's a princess. She's a pit bull massive mix, and she just starts panting really loud. Like She has a name. It's Belle, a.k.a. White Dog. Yeah, a.k.a. named after Beauty and the Beast. No, it's not Bella. It's Belle. That's it. B-E-L-L-E. Get it straight. But Well, know, I mean, you are like... I mean, your last name is Palermo. If there was a dude to have a dog named Bella, like, you're the typical, like, I have a pit bull named Bella dude, okay? I'll admit, though, she is annoying the hell out of me right now. Like, yo, you, yo, you gotta lay down. Then we're not, this isn't your Come show. Come on. Lay down. This isn't your show. Come on, lay Davey down. Marinara. We, down, got a, we got a podcast to do. Let, lay down, honey. There you go. Get these animals yeah. under control. This is outrageous. Right. I, I can't deal with this. Do you want to intro us while I got these... All right, kick them. we're kicking them out of the studio. No no dogs allowed. No dogs allowed. Okay, and now we're back in our dog-free studio. Um, make sure you check us out online at numbillsfan.com. Every Wednesday, we do a Facebook Live show presented by our friends at billsforlife.com. It's a real good time. We usually go on around 7. You can get in. You can comment. You can interact with us. So make sure you check that out. Um, our past episode's up now at our website. Check that out. Hit our Facebook page. Give us a like. You'll get a notification when we go live. And it's the most fun we have with this whole with this whole thing, getting in there and getting down and dirty with all the other Bills fans. Yeah, don't forget we're brought to you by PunchDrunkSports.com, and they have a podcast called Punch Drunk, and we are part of their uh, comedy sports network that's coming soon. So check them out. Follow them on on the Twitter, at Punch Drunk, pretty much everywhere. Um, and awesome sports podcast, really funny. They do a great job. So shout out to Sam Tripoli, Jason Tebow, and the missing Ari Shafir. He's back. Is he really? They found him. Oh, cool. <laughs> awesome. Um, okay. So, also, don't forget 25% off of Shady Rays. Uh, punch in the promo code NumBillsFan at ShadyRays.com during checkout. And also... And make sure if you get those Shady Rays, don't don't leave them laying around. Don't leave them laying around like Dave did, even though they do have a warranty that's going to cover that. They're nice glasses. And Dave lost ours. <laughs> yeah, I lost them. Sorry, guys. Uh, and don't forget, on numbillsfan.com, we have a shirt. Yeah, we made a shirt. 19 bucks ships to your home. If you're in Canada, you, we got to talk. But 
Shoot me an email, Dave at numbillsfan.com, and I will get one out to you. They are made on high quality shirts. Uh, the company is called Next Level Apparel, and uh, they're like really comfortable. Uh, front and back design, they're bleach print, so that way when you wash it, what bleach print means is the the, the print just sets in there really nicely. It, it's a it's a flat fit. So, um, and it's not too obvious and corny of a design. It's pretty basic. You might not even know where it is. It's just kind of like what's kind of neat about it. So, right, and we'll make sure we get some photos and a link to to get hooked up with one up on our website numbillsfan.com. In the next day or so, if you want one, shoot it. You know, shoot us a file on Instagram. You could take a see what it looks like too. Yeah, I mean, Facebook, it's up on our Facebook page, Twitter. It's, so right, right. The, the, it's floating around out there. We'll make sure we get a post up tonight. Yep. So we already have a made. So if you like them, shoot us an email, Dave at Numbills Fan, and I will send one out. Yeah, they're uh, ready to go. This is this is for real. Like it's not like some like oh order it and we're going to print one and send it to you at some point. Like right, they are packed up, ready to go. Like let's get these out. If you want one, get a hold of us. Um, so anyways, there's been a lot of stuff going on with the Bills. We just had the draft. We had a great time covering it down at 34 Rush with the team from the Huddle on Rock Sports Network. Uh, Paul and Mario from Hashtag Sports were out the first night along with Spence from 105.5 The Team. Night two, we were co-hosting. It was us and, the, again, the guys from the Huddle. And uh, Drew from Rockpile Report, who you remember from a few episodes back, if, if, if you're listening, uh, he was there too. And I mean, we just had a blast hanging out with those guys. Um, I had a great time. I'm flattered they asked us to do it. I mean, really, we're just the construction guys here. So, And if you haven't been down to 34 Rush before, it's Thurman's Bar inside Batavia Downs. And it's just gorgeous in there. It's such I felt like such a baller, like just being in there. Like it, it, it's awesome, and you know there's a ton of awesome Bills memorabilia, Thurman's gold jackets there. It's just a really, really cool setting that we were in. We were in such a cool setting for it. You, um, you could make Instagrams for days, and they're just on Bill stuff, like forever. Right, and and the staff, the staff down there was great. The Batavia Downs people took care of us. You know, great people. Yeah, shout out to Kimberly from Batavia Downs. She does a wonderful yeah, job. Yeah, they're uh, they're social media manager. I hope I got the right title on that. She was great. Um, had a great time hanging out with her night one. Um, I think she has a fancier title than that. Like, like pretty fancy. I well, yeah, what she's, it was. she's awesome. But she, she runs their social media and does an awesome job. Hit us off with a ton of retweets on top of the game. And the whole staff down there was great. And I won $27. That's big news. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Um, shout out to Gary over there, Rochester Sports Network, for having us do that. Ryan, Icy, all those guys we already mentioned, but especially to Gary. Glad to be a part of it. But we had a great time talking about the draft, which, wow. I mean, we can touch on that. And then, I mean, there was a shakeup the day after. You know what? Why don't we start off with this? You got you got on the line on WGR yesterday with Nate and Ryan, and it was – it was a great few minutes of Bill's talk. We got the clip lined up. Why don't we go ahead and play that back? But uh, let's go to the phones. I've got a, uh, a guest who's uh, clamoring to get his thoughts in here, Dave Palermo from uh, Num- Bill's Fan Podcast. I uh, enjoy his work, so I'm going to let him get on here and, uh, and talk with us. What's up, Dave? Oh, man. I have been trying to call for like two hours <laughs> on the call yesterday. I'm going crazy because just to start off real quick, Quick thoughts on the draft for you. Um, 
all common sense moves. We had a draft party at 34 Rush with the other guys at the huddle. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I was hammering the table for, Zay, table for Zay Jones just because he's gonna he's a glove fit. You want guys who are going to slide in and turn key operation quick. Equity in the first round, great. I tweeted out, I don't see why this isn't Whaley's draft, essentially, because the last two years, three years, we've been moving around. So, um at the same time, uh, it seems like public perception over scouting is very important to the Bills. I don't, I don't know. Um, it's kind of – I was thrown for a loop. I've always been a big Doug Whaley supporter because, uh, you know, it's about finding talent for the team. But um, if I was to relate to it, um, I'm a subcontractor with construction. So it's nice when I work it by myself. If you're a scout by yourself and you're just relaying information, if I'm just working by myself and I'm not adult babysitting a bunch of other guys, managing people is a lot different than just mm. doing your jobs. Mm. I think maybe this is where we see, hey, yeah, he does have an eye for talent, but for some reason a lot of stuff is slipping through the cracks, and I can't blame him for the playoffs. I think he's in a situation where, unfortunately, how do you get pro bowlers that you brought in with Lorenzo Alexander and, and, and Zach Brown, which were essentially your first and second round picks in Lost and Raglan, right? Um, <laughs> and they make the Pro Bowl, but your defense is absolutely horrible. That, that's on coaching. That ain't on Whaley. So um, if it was a hard decision for Pagula to make, and you guys touched on an extension a year ago, uh, I, I'm honestly a little bit rattled. Is that weird to think that way? No, no. And I, Dave, I thought the the comparison with your job, I thought that was spot on, man. Um, because it's easy um, to you know be a boss and be working on be working on a project and be good at what you do, but it's a totally other thing to have people who maybe aren't on the same level as you, and you're forced then into a managerial role where you have to sort of guide, and and, and I thought that was a great comparison, so uh, so bravo on that one, but um, yeah, man, I, I, I agree with a lot of what you just had to say, and we're at a point where um, I don't necessarily think that you're wrong to be a little bit rattled about this decision, but I think the, the points that you laid out there um, make a lot of sense as to why this decision had to happen. And and ultimately, I do think that this had to happen, and, and that's where we are now. And I think I'm excited, but I think maybe more relieved that this whole situation can can be put behind us now, and we can move forward with what they need to do to build a perennial winner. And I think that's always been the goal for this organization. In the 17 years that they've been out of the playoffs, the goal has been to get back on the right track and the one mainstay there, there that has been here is is the fans, and I think they deserve more. And I think what you wanted to see from Pagula today is knowing that this is a decision that had to be made, as difficult as it, as it was. It had to be made, and it was made. And I, I tip my cap to Terry and Kim Pagula. I, I do too. Um, but the one thing I would ask of anybody listening, um, I mean, the reason our podcast Dumb Bills Fan exists is because I. I don't have to sell papers, and, and it's like I don't believe all the narratives, and these guys are brought in to do a job. So it's like are the fans and, and, and the media that I don't, I'm not going to mention anybody, certain certain people got to sell papers. They got a job to do. I understand. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, the hot takes sell. I mean, I'm going to read them. I'll be honest with you. I'm going to get mad. I'm going to be like, damn, they got me. <laughs> but I hope that with this new GM, within two years we're not here 
well, hey, this GM never hired this coach. So, you know, it just makes sense to let him go. That's not strong enough to me. That's a that's a cop out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I was shocked that that Pagula threw in there, hey, I didn't hire him because it doesn't sound like Pagula's character. But at the same time it hits harder in print than when you hear it in context. So, um I just hope that that really they get somebody that can manage people, frankly. Because uh, I think that's going to be the role of this new GM, Dave, is they have to be able to manage the people side, is is put people in place in your scouting department that can scout, but get somebody in this general manager position that can control the people in this organization and can put people in position for success. And I, I think you're spot on with that. Yeah, what did you guys think about um, the, the the leaks that have come out prior? Because... Ever since they switched over Scott Burchill there, things seem to tighten up. Yeah. Um, so I think we'll see it tighten up even more yeah. after this. I, I really do. I think a lot of what was happening, and I, don't, I guess I don't necessarily want to place this all solely on Whaley, but a lot of the leaks seem to be coming out of management side when or you Rex heard Ryan. from – Potentially Rex Ryan, too. Yeah. But when you heard from – yeah, going back to Doug Marone and friction between him and Doug Marone and friction between him and Rex Ryan, it, it always seemed because the the complaints when those leaks were coming out was this roster is talented enough to be a playoff team, but they're not getting the proper coaching to be a playoff team. So I always it didn't necessarily have to be Whaley. Maybe it was some of his his pro scouts that weren't happy with it. But it, I I have a feeling with. That's part of why I think both of these organizations, uh, especially the Bills, getting more gutted than than the Sabers. But I think that's part of it is they do want to tighten those kinds of things up. But it's it's tough now in the the media landscape and the social media landscape that we live in. I don't think you're ever going to completely plug up all those holes. It's like you know when you you watch a cartoon and they're trying to plug up a dam and they put their finger in one hole and then water <laughs> spouts out of another one. That's that's the way I, I look at leaks now. It's just the way it is and. The, it's the media landscape we live in now. So, Dave, tell the people where we can uh, we can find you and listen to you because I know you've got uh, you know you've got your site, you got your podcast. So, tell everyone where they might be able to to get some of these takes that you've been uh, pouring in for us. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll tell you where you can find find us. Uh, my my partner in crime, Adam Deacon, and I, and I'll leave you with the thought to rattle on. I'll just click when I'm done. Sure. Uh, find us on numbillsfan.com. You can subscribe to us. Um, occasionally, I'll write an in-depth article. I wrote one, actually, Eye for Talent, period, about Doug Whaley and why they should keep Doug Whaley. Ironic, I'm calling. Um, but, you know, occasionally I'll write an article, but I, I try to really take my time with it. Um, so numbillsfan.com, you can subscribe on iTunes, hit us up on Twitter. Uh, we're very active on Instagram and Facebook as well. And lastly, for you guys, um, I think everybody has to be careful what you wish for because when we had buddy necks, when we had guys before buddy necks um, as a GM, we've seen the Sabres before not wheel and deal as much until they had Tim Murray. Um, I like that Whaley was willing to go get it because as a Buffalo sports fan, we've always been willing to be like, go make that risk. Well, you know what? Now more than ever, I think with social media and everything, Sean McDermott, he's – the perfect glove fit, and I think that's what the Pagulas are going to do, is keep it a little bit more conservative than let it get out of hand and wild and think for the future. And with that first-round pick next year, I, I honestly feel that the organization's on the right track. So, And Pagula, I trust, but again, be careful what you wish for because 
hey, Doug Levy didn't really – he got to show, if you want to consider three years, you got to see the Watkins draft. That's it. Yeah. So thank you guys for everything. Have no, fun. appreciate it, Dave. Thanks for uh, for calling in and being patient and getting in here because I know I definitely wanted to get you in at some point here. But, uh, no, great stuff from from Dave there. And as he mentioned, uh, you can check him out at numbillsfan.com. He does uh, – him and his uh, his partner, Adam, do a great job for um, – you know, for a couple of guys who are, you know, just some podcasters, they yeah, they have say, a lot so of we insight. Got a, we got a construction guy here who just is like, you know what, on the side, I'm just going to talk about the bills because and talk well about it. Yeah, yeah, so it's good. It's good. I love it. All right, so that was uh, that was me, yours truly, Dave. Thank you, thank you to Nate and uh, Ryan there for really taking the call and and, and throwing me and and Deacon a huge bone there. And uh, thanks in advance to WGI for not suing us for using that clip without permission. I don't think they mind. No, if, we can. If you do, let us know. Yeah, so credit to WGR. That's where that clip came from, WGR 550. You can find them everywhere on your radio. Go to their website. You they can stream them. Yep, and they also have their own RSS feeds, too, if you just want to skip the commercials and download you know, all their shows. That's the way to go, man. That's how I do it. Yeah. So, um, so really, careful what you wish for is is uh, I think the message because that's the theme for sure. We want to know. Okay, here, here let, let let me roll into this. It's the theme because you don't know what you're going to get next. And I will say all the positives of Doug Whaley is he brings in damn talent. Apparently, as a person, let me relate to this. I'm a very hard person to work with. I'm going to admit to that right now. I I guess I have some very serious OCD traits. Uh, There's a certain way to do things. uh, And and it seems like everything I work with, uh, there's some kind of problem. And I swear up and down, it's for the better of the team. But I think the way I approach and handle working in teams is not great. So long story short... I'm not that great at managing people. I, I've tried to, and it's something that is a different skill. Like, I'm pretty good at doing drywall, but it doesn't mean I'm good at managing people to tell them what to do, and when they don't do it, how do you hold them accountable without them wanting to throw something at your face? Because the way I say it is, hey, you're really messing up, and, like, I don't understand. I, I explained it to you this way before. Like, what's going on here? You're not stupid. So what are you doing here? And it's like, I don't mean to belittle anybody, but I just like, I don't have a fuse when it comes to that. So it's like a select group can actually tolerate me. So uh, thank you to those who do looking at you across the table. For now. Um, But true story is, is Doug Whaley could be really good at finding talent, but he might not be good at working as a team. And if you listen to Terry Pagula's press conference, he mentions... We want to collaborate. We want to do things together. And I'm not saying he's calling out Doug Whaley, but when you go through into the third coaching staff with this general manager and and Terry Pagula says, you know, we, we had a process we went through and it's it's done. I think that means maybe Terry and McDermott were like, well, let's just see how it goes. Let me know. How it is working with Doug. Is it easy or is it hard? And if he goes, well, it's hard. Because one thing Terry Pagula did is he he did sign, obviously, you know, 
due to an extension, Doug Whaley and Tim Murray. And, and what I like about Terry Pagula and Kim is they really give their guys that they inherited a chance to prove themselves, and not a lot of owners would do that. They seem like very good people. Unfortunately, in a turn of events, some things happen where, okay, somebody says, Russ Brandon, don't let Rex leave the building instead of hiring Hugh Jackson. And somebody else says, hey, uh, Doug Whaley's, uh gonna is getting into a heated argument during training camp. Like, Russ, fire me with Doug Marone. You know, it's like, right, right. So there was an issue with Jim Manos or something. And, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. And we've defended Whaley up and down. And I think he does a wonder. He has a wonderful eye. I think he's aggressive. That's what you want to see. You want to see guys making moves. I hated that GMs would just sit on their hands here forever. Let's just hold tight. What are you doing? You know what? I'm just gonna throw. I'm just going to throw this out there. If Sammy Watkins never never had to have foot surgery, if Shaq Lawson never had to have shoulder surgery, if Reggie Ragland was at a hundred percent ready to go and never never hurt his leg, we probably would have been carrying Doug Whaley out like he was Jim Schwartz and we just beat the Lions. Like let's let's be real here. Things didn't go as planned. But he got really, really good players here. And it just makes me sad to think that, like, this might be the year where we finally get some work done and really take that step forward as a team. And he's not going to be there to enjoy the fruits of his labor. He's going to be at home having a hard slurp on his lip and like, oh, where did you get those guys, you know? <laughs> you feel me? No, 100%. And the thing is, is... Man, we could go on and on about all the good moves Doug Whaley's made. I would love to have like a proper uh, send-off for him. You know, I, I don't want anybody puking out of their mouth right now, but I'm calling it how it is, at least how I see it, which is I thought he did a fine job for what he was asked to do. At the same time, I am not behind the scenes. And as somebody who understands how hard it is to get results out of people sometimes in a certain way, uh, you know, sometimes it's hard for, for people to explain a big picture to people because you assume that everybody gets it and they don't. Yeah, no, I mean, he navigated coaching changes and an ownership change without the team taking a major step back. A 9-17 went 8-8 eight and eight the following year with, with, everything that ha- with everything that went on. Coach walks out. Quarterback says, well, remember how I was going to retire? I'm doing that. I'm talking about Kyle Orton. You know what I mean? Like he navigated through some some heavy storms to get this team to where where they were at with Rex Ryan. And I'll tell you what, and, and you look at people want to navigate the contract situations and it's like, wait, so how bad a PR is it when Marcel Darius is playing for somebody else for big money and all you fans out there go Oh, well, you let Marcel Darius go. You don't keep their own. So they keep them. And, and, and that's really where a lot of the cap goes is that guy. And you look at these contract situations. Can some of them be justified? Maybe, maybe not. But how can you cry? How can you get mad that Charles Clay wasn't you, is paid too much when he was just underutilized? He doesn't coach the team. 
Doug Wayley never coached a team. The GM will never coach a team. And like you said, it's just sad because finally it seems like these players that transcend coaching staffs too, um, it's just a shame. There are a handful here. Yeah, we finally get that coach where we think maybe the players can line up with with a guy who's going to use them correctly. And, And our favorite part about Jim Schwartz is he used those guys correctly. Our favorite part about even, I would say, Anthony Lynn is he put those players in position to put up points. Right, and they did. They were 10th in scoring last year. So, But you can't just be a turnstile on defense, and that's what we thought we were getting with Rex Ryan. We thought we were getting a, a defensive upgrade, and it couldn't have been farther from the truth. Yeah, now we have holes on defense. And, and frankly, you know, it... If the Bills make it to the playoffs in one of these last five years, take two games. I can name um, two seasons ago, two games. You know, there was, there was a game where the Giants got two garbage calls of touchdowns called back for uh, on Tyrod Taylor, you know, and, and the Bills were home. And the Bills should have won that game. You know, there's a lot of ref blunders. Every year the Bills, every team has them. But they stick out like sore thumbs when you're in the AFC East with the Patriots, okay? Let's be real here. And you got Tannehill actually showing, like, he knows what the hell he's doing now. So, um, and his quarterback's coach, by the way, works with Cardale Jones. So if you like what you're getting out of Tannehill and you see his improvement, um, hopefully Cardale can show some promise. So what I'm, what I'm getting here is the Bills have a really hard path. And... If some of those blunders don't happen, Doug Whaley might still be here. Other people still might be here. But what's funny is, is every time somebody gets fired and then we hire somebody new like Sean McDermott, I'm like, man, I'm glad we got that guy. And I did that with Rex. I was like, you know what? I'm glad we got Rex. Screw screw Marone. I, I, I had a real hard time talking myself into Doug Marone. That was the one that I was like, eh, that guy... I thought it was a little cheap, a little quick. It seemed like Chip Kelly light. Right, right. It just didn't. It didn't feel. It didn't feel like he was gonna. Because his his personality already just like got to me before like he even he he was even here. He's just so blah. Like I liked I I liked Rex once I heard him talking about like running the Bills. Up until up until his presser, I hated that move too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that was just because I'm a I'm a Bills fan. First and foremost, I'm a Bills fan. That's why I'm sitting here talking. And I just was coming off years and years of like I have to hate Rex Ryan. You know, it was it was ingrained. It, it you know, as I'm wearing my Rex shirt right now. Yeah, yeah, that's all right. That's all right. It's turned into a work shirt. Has this, has this turned into work? Don't worry. I'll just pee on it and sell it at the Etsy store for money. So Yeah, I don't know. I clean don't up know. some oil. <laughs> Not that oil. Real oil. Anyways. You got oil. <laughs> I. It's unfortunate with the GM situation, but I don't know who they're going to bring in because now it, it, are the media and the fans going to have a chance to relax and, and let this guy do his job? 
Or are you going to judge him right off the bat? Because now, hey, he never drafted these players for 2017. Hey, he didn't pick Sean McDermott. That's what you're going to hear in two years. You know, Sean McDermott's job could be really up. It could be in jeopardy. I mean, he never hired that GM. Or I, that GM never hired that coach. That's that's the next narrative. Right. Well, uh, I don't want to rush to that narrative. Why even go there? On the one hand, they've completely eliminated the possibility of scapegoating. On the other hand, mm. They've completely eliminated the possibility of scapegoating. If you catch, if you catch my uh, inflection there, like, go on. It he, might have been, it might have been helpful for a, a rookie head coach to have to have a general manager to blame if things don't go well this year. But by the same token, if we ever do want to get better, we need to put that system of accountability in place and now we kind of got the clean slate to do so and what my concern in my, my concern is is this we just got off the draft we got our undrafted free agent guys you know lined up and I, you know we're not the podcast that's gonna sit here and read those guys off like a phone book because yeah i mean yeah i mean not not today but we will. No, there's going to be guys on that 90-man roster that whose names I never utter. I promise you that. Like, it's going to happen. There's going to be guy, the guy that doesn't get mentioned. Oh, I love reading their stories. Oh, they got to steal. How is this guy not drafted? Okay, so we got some undrafted guys. And now we've caught our general manager and our entire scouting department. It's May 1st. Camp ain't here yet. You know, preseason ain't here yet. And I looked earlier today at the list of transactions that went on between now and the start of the season last year. And there was a lot of transactions. Now, granted, some of them were just like the uh, rookie class signing their contracts, things of that nature. But most of them weren't. And to think that we are all set with our 90, our 75, then our 53, like, I feel like that's something that needs to be monitored closely at all times. That guy need, you know, if somebody if somebody who's worth a shit hits the market, I want to be the first ones to know. And if we got an empty scouting department right now and somebody come comes on the scene, who's who's oh, especially with the draft? I mean, who's come making on, the there's call? so many cuts right now. Right. Exactly. Up, like I heard, I heard Duke Williams got cut today. Oh, poor kid, man. I like Duke Williams, but I mean, I wish you could cover better. I, I liked him better on the Colts. <laughs> Ooh, sorry, uh, Duke. Um, yeah, dude, it, it is what it is, dog. It, it's a weird, it's a weird thing right now. It's like who's bringing in the talent, Sean McDermott? Right. I mean, I which honestly, I would trust him to if they're giving him the keys to the car, dude. This is what you want. You want to bring in your guy from Carolina who they're interviewing. What's the details? Do you? I don't want to throw you on the spot. But. Yeah. Oh no. Um. Uh, the the rumor going around is they got Brandon Bean, who's the assistant general manager of the Carolina Panthers, which is for anyone who doesn't know where Sean McDermott came from. If you're listening, like obviously you have a vested interest in this team and know know that. But um, yeah, he's he's been the assistant GM down in uh, down in Carolina since I believe 2012. 2015, I'm sorry. Um, 2012, he acted as the interim general manager before they they hired uh, Dave Gettleman. So he got passed over for the GM job there. So I mean, I don't know, you know, I don't know what the particulars of that were. But he also uh, 
fun fact, was one of the candidates that interviewed for the San Francisco 49ers opening before they hired John Lynch. So, um, you know, he's been he's been looked at for this for this type of role before. And hell, I mean, Carolina put together a pretty good team down there. You know, they've drafted well. They found they found players in free agency. They got a squad that almost got the deal done. You know what I mean? What, what were the Panthers? What was the Panthers' record a couple of years ago? Fifteen and one, right? That's a that, that's a pretty good squad. Yeah, but it took them. What I like about that staff, though, is they they stuck with it. So um, I'll be careful with that. Um, I, I I would test it first before it blows a fireball in your mouth. Um, so I thought that they really they they stuck with Ron Rivera down there, and that's cool because that means they're in for the long haul. At the same time, it's it's really hard for me to. Uh, I mean, they really did almost run Ron Rivera out of town when he was new. That's what I'm. I mean, they try at least. The, I mean, the, I'm talking the fan base and the media. They they roasted him. And the thing is, is Bean has a has a background. He's 39 years old, and he has a background in media relations. So he's going to know, you would think, what media is about. So and public perception. And what I want to know about Bean is, can he manage people? The common theme with Terry Pagula at his press conference is collaborate, is work as a team. If your office door is shut and you ain't letting people come in, you're not working as a team. I'm not saying that's what happened with the Bills. I don't know because I find that hard to believe because whatever players, except for receivers, which you can't even say that, whatever players that were brought in under Whaley, I thought kind of fit pretty well and got some use. Has there been some duds? Sure. But at the same time, they're trying to get some scrap-free agents. You need people to step up. It seemed to work out okay. Doesn't seem like the worst, you know. So um, it, it's just they're in a weird cap situation. But with this Bean guy, I, I just you know they they spent six years together in Carolina, so they know each other. Um, I mean, that, and and that's where I start not really knowing what the relationship is like. What kind of relationship does the defensive coordinator of a team have with the team's assistant general manager? How often do they talk? How often do they see each other? I feel like Sean McDermott was a guy who spent a lot of time in the building, so he might know him really, really well. But I don't know how hands-on an assistant general manager is. Is he is he spending time in meetings with coaches and things like that, or is he in, in the film room with the scouts? Like, I... I really don't understand the the behind the scenes process there, and I hope someday we get a guest on that can uh, shed some light on that for us. I, I wonder if, but Mc, today's not that day. I wonder if McDermott in his notebook has like this little tree of perfect front office plan, and he's like, "Look, if it was up to me, this is how this would work. This is how this would work, and, and here you go." Well, you reminded me earlier that there were rumors of that all the way back to before he was hired. That that the the organizational structure of this team might change with the with the incoming with the incoming coach, and it was also mentioned that you know Sean McDermott had guys in mind that he wanted to bring with him. 
and you know another piece of the puzzle has been revealed and that's what i want to know is who got tipped off to that like somehow that got leaked around and right i mean they're even saying that like and that kind of got swept under the rug they're even saying the bills might have purposefully traded in front of the panthers once or possibly even twice now i mean could it be a coincidence sure Did, did carolina scout our draft for us i don't know I mean, what do you real what? Sean McDermott. Yeah, he seems like a good guy. He seems like a guy like a guy you get along with. He's a defensive the, coordinator. He's probably in touch, thinking he's going to have his job. He who does our, he know better, the scouting department in Carolina or the scouting department in Buffalo? You don't think he he keeps in touch with guys? You don't think guys might be like, oh, dude, you know whose tape I broke down today that that you probably didn't even think of? I don't know. Hmm. Fill fill in the blank with whatever you want. I mean, I'm just throwing shit on the wall right now, but who who does he know better? The scouts in Carolina, or the scouts in Buffalo, guys he's known for for years, or guys he's known for a few weeks, you know, or you know he's got. I mean he he's been in the league a long time. He spent time he spent time with Andy Reid. In Philadelphia, and you have to imagine that, that there's all types of advice being passed here as it's his first draft as a head coach. Which leads us into Andy Reid in Philadelphia. Well, well, what happened first round of the draft? We found a trade partner. Drop back to 27. Look, I, I they were very generous with us, too. Let me be real with you. I admit all the time, all the time, very transparently, I do not follow the draft close enough where I can sit here and talk about 100 players and be educated about it. I'm not going to do the research on those players that deep. But we can tell you who will. But we can tell you Eric Turner, cover one, not, not will. So uh, shoot him anything on Twitter and bother the well, hell not, out of him. Not just Eric and also Nate and also Kevin, who you heard on our podcast, who broke it down for us when we didn't know anything a week a week before we were scheduled to do a live in-person draft show. Sorry, guys. Listen, for real, I told everybody off the bat, drafts are bullshit. All these guys like Mel Kuyper, Todd McShay, their jobs are bullshit. OJ Howard is a for sure top 10 pick. Get the fuck out of here. Well, he might be a, a for sure top 10 talent, though, and I'm excited to see the kid play. But I'm just saying no one knows anything and not for nothing. When they grabbed White, I was like, ah, come on. And then I text Eric Turner, and he's like, dude, that's a perfect fit. Essentially, that's a kid that you don't got to turn your shoulder and worry about. He's going to get his work done. And that that is exactly what we need. Losing losing Gilmore, we really, really, really got thin at that position in a hurry. I mean, I know there's guys out there who think, oh, well, Gilmore wasn't doing it as well as he should have been. And there's a lot of people out here who also think, oh, man, we blew it not, not drafting at 10. We could have got a real game changer. Well, you know what? I think we did get a real game changer, and we got a future first. And I think – with our current situation, new coach. Now we're we're going to replace our whole scouting department, our whole you know our front office is 
is in pieces. Um, I almost think it's better that we got a guy at 27 instead of a guy at 10. Because in between those 17 picks there, you alleviate alleviate a lot of pressure on this young player. If, if, If it was a guy that we moved up for instead of a guy we moved back for, you know what I mean? Right. We we see how we see how we as fans and the media and everyone else treat a guy like Sammy Watkins. It's like even if he gets a thousand yards, he's still not doing good enough to most people. I I I don't buy in. You know what I mean? I love the dude. I'm I I'm sad they're not like just swooping in on his fifth year option because I know what he's capable of. But we've been talking for for years now of what he's capable of and. Less less about what he's actually doing and has done, but no one has ties to anybody now to this roster. The scapegoat is this roster that the first hey look, McDermott didn't draft those players except for two thousand seventeen. And McDermott, oh really? Well at the two thousand seventeen draft class bust. Well that wasn't even McDermott's draft. So we can't even count that. More shit on the wall. Anyways, so um, yeah, with that first round pick, like what you're saying, though, right? He, is... he he doesn't have to deal with living up to the hype of being a top ten pick, right? And arguably, there were better corners in in the draft. You know, you had you had your Lattimore, and you know there was a lot of good defensive backs. The you know the the safeties Hooker and Adams are both. Immediate game changers. Yeah, but for the scheme, he's ranked pretty much number two or number three. And, and honestly, some people some people say he was the single best fit for the Bills defense. Right. And you look around. Long arms. You look around, and some of these some of these outfits that usually give the Bills a real hard time are giving us A minus and B plus grades on this draft. The Sports Illustrateds of the world, you know, like the ESPNs of the world, Mel. Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay usually don't have anything nice to say about us. And they're both loving this draft. A lot of it's Nathan Peterman. They they see a lot of potential in that kid. There's a lot of like Andy Dalton and Kirk Cousins comparisons coming out. And for where we got him in the draft, I'm very, very, very happy with I'd I'd rather have rather have that kid where we got him than than a Mahomes in the first or or the second any any day. And, and not for nothing, too. Don't forget that the Bills got an extra third-round pick this year with that trade back with Kansas City. So, you know, pick two. Um, we were sitting at the draft table. And um, actually, hold on. Let me rewind back to Tredavious White real quick. He's out of LSU, cornerback, okay? So, look, this is a guy where Sean McDermott's been bringing in high-character guys. They've been putting Jerry Hughes out in front of the media. They've been putting Kyle Williams. And Jerry Hughes, he has a reputation on the field of being a, an ass to some fans because he gets into dumb shit, which I agree with, too. He's a hothead. He gets in his emotions, right. man. But as far as being a public speaker and, and, and PR image outside of it, uh, outside of the game, he's he's good. You can trust him. Um, and... You know, you got Lorenzo Alexander. You got these guys. So, with Davis White, what you got here is you got a guy that was a Vale Victorian of his class in, in high school. And he wore the number. Did you say Vale Victorian? I don't know. What what the hell am I supposed to say? Valedictorian. It's, you you got to put the dick in it. You, <laughs> Dude, stop. No, you, you really. Victorian, seriously? You said Vale Victorian, though. Oh. Whatever. Look, never claim to have intelligence. The one time the word dick isn't coming out of your mouth. Yeah, right. Right on a podcast. 
Okay, so clearly I wasn't the valedictorian of my high school, but uh, Tredavious White was the valedictorian of his. Sorry to cut you off. Go ahead. And he wore, uh, I guess pretty much if you were like the number 18 at LSU or whatever, that like means a lot. And I forgot what it traces back to, but it traces back to a player who was injured and he came back and, and, and worked his ass off and, and really... You know, it's a definition of, like, leadership and, and I don't know. Look right. No, I mean, we, we got a guy who who decided to... Uh, he got it as a junior, by the way. It's usually a, a, yeah. a number that you wear as a senior. I'm so well, bad at explaining And this. here's the thing. He he chose not to come out last year. He stayed in school. He finished his degree. He was an A student through college. Right. That's a guy where, if you're Sean McDermott... You want turnkey operators. Foster was not on the board for these guys. And that's where my heart was. But you know what? We knew it. We just wanted the, that, that flashy pick of Foster, the linebacker out of Alabama. But we knew it Hold all on. along. Conspiracy theory. Just hit me like a, like a light bulb just went off. Hmm. Now, Doug Whaley's gone. Yeah. There's been rumors today that Sean McDermott removed players from the Bills board. And maybe... That's where the fundamental difference of philosophy comes into play. Maybe Doug Whaley, looking at some of his his past moves, was like, let's get this Foster dude. We can get him at a deal. And McDermott was like, nah, I don't want to deal with that shit. And maybe that's maybe that's the type of thing that ultimately created the clean out in the Bills front office. That's just that's just one angle I'm, that that just hit me like a ton of bricks while we were talking about it. What if it was those kind of names on the on the draft board that actually came down to to being the point of tension? And the, it's and it's kind of funny that now that that's coming out that McDermott just crossed the names off the list. That means that somebody in that room leaked that, so somebody in that room is not there anymore. And maybe it's as simple as. There was a leak, and they couldn't put I their finger on it. I wonder if they had a camera in the draft room at all. Did they this year? I haven't even seen any video of the draft room. Did they? Have I haven't it? been looking, though, honestly. They had, did they? Huh. I really wonder about that. Because if they didn't, it tells me that maybe Wavy and them weren't even there. They had to have been. I don't know, man. They had to have been. How do you... I don't... I mean, because, no, I saw the video of him, like, meeting Tredavious White and all that, shaking his hand and giving uh, what, him What, Doug Whaley? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I believe you. I mean, he was he was in the building as of uh, as of Friday morning. Right. So. So. He was in the building as of Sunday morning, and then he was asked to leave. So you have a, a, a turnkey operator here if you're Sean McDermott, a guy that's going to come to your defense. He's going to put in the work. You don't need to worry about him. Done. Tredavious White, right? Yes. Done okay. deal. Yes. And so we end up at Batavia Downs. We're doing the draft show. And we're, and we're there for day two. So we're talking day two picks. And, you know, for some reason, as much as I don't bother – I don't bother with the draft lately because, like I always say to you, you get I get caught up within two weeks. It's like there's only so many. I, I don't. 
I don't trust these guys like McShay and Kuiper because there's so so many guys are just wrong. You don't know anything that's like if they're so good, why don't they have jobs? I want to hear from guys like Rudin. I want to hear guys who have been in the business, guys who are scouts or former scouts talking about this talent. And I'm not I understand that they watch enough tape where they can learn. So I can't discredit them. You could definitely they're right on, on a lot of things too. But I'll say Zay Jones kept standing out. And he's if, got great hands, man. And if you want to talk glove fit, we're talking Zay Jones. His coach from East Carolina is with the Bills. So if anybody has an inside track on him, it's his own damn coach. So, well, here's if the scouting staff hits, here's the problem with Zay Jones. How come he's not doing this compared to what Mike Williams or Corey Davis would do? So, in a way, think it over. Well, Zay Jones didn't do this because it wasn't asked of him. Or, no, he can. It wasn't asked of him. Or, insert whatever questions you want to ask. I think it was a great pick. You know what you're getting out of the player. When you're a college coach, a positional coach of a player, come on. You have a lot tighter of a bond with that player than an NFL coach does to the player. So... For me, I think that's another glove fit guy. Oh, I, I, another I agree turn with you. He fit right into what they're. We, you don't have to worry about them putting into work. That's what they're setting the theme here. Everybody here is going to come work at the Bills. This isn't playtime. What, what kind of what kind of moves did you tell me these moves were before we started today when we were getting out of the car? What kind of moves did the Bills make in this draft? Turnkey. No. What common sense moves. Yeah, I guess so. They hit they hit right where they needed to hit, got great values at the spots they needed to hit at. I couldn't especially especially day 2 of the draft, I couldn't be happier. I didn't I didn't see us going offensive line in round 3. I didn't I didn't see that. Or that ended up they ended up trading back into the second for that. I didn't see them trading up or taking taking a uh Interior lineman that day, but let's talk. You want to talk about Deion Dawkins for a second? You want you want to yeah. just take this opportunity to slide right right over there? Yeah, you want to you want to lead it off? Well, here's here's what's up, man. Talented kid, and they're saying that he might be able to just kick right outside and push Jordan Mills for the starting right tackle position, which. Any any Bills fan that takes the time to post on social media will tell you he just hasn't been playing good enough, or at least to to, to most people's eye. Most of these are untrained eyes. He's I, I feel like he's been average or slightly above most of the time. Mm-hmm. But I want to see an upgrade there, and I, I almost feel like this move is genius. And here's why: John Miller, we had too good a luck with him. He he barely missed any snaps last year. He was in there for. Almost every single down up until I think like week 14 or 15 before you like actually missed one. Um, but very, very reliable nonetheless. Same thing with Richie. Richie was Richie was out there just pounding. But 
behind those guys, you have Groy, who when Eric Wood went down, he had to step right in. And behind Groy, the drop-off is immense. Until now. Now we got Deion Dawkins, who sounds like he's a pretty versatile player as well, just like Groy. I don't, I don't know that he's ever played center, but they're saying he can play... He can play interior or on the end. So I'll tell you, he was a full-time three-year starter at left tackle. So right, what, right. What, I, what I like is you got to wonder, can he – do they know if he can play right tackle? I don't know. That's what I'm wondering. And, and, again, we talked about it before. It's unfortunate to assume that guys can just go opposite sides. Right. I mean, See, we, we, saw, Cyrus Quanjo. we saw Cyrus Quanjo flop. When he tried, when he tried to do so, but I like that. Like we don't have that that drop off behind Ryan Groy now, and if he does have to step in for Eric Wood again, or if something happens with with John Miller or Richie Incognito, who again were so reliable last year that you almost feel like it's too good to be true. I think this is the right tackle. It's got to be right. You're you're bringing him in for figure it out, and and who knows? Injuries happen. I, I don't have a beef with this pick at all. Now, was it worth trading two-fifths to go up to get him? That's something that Eric Turner and I were messaging about, and he seemed a little bit upset about. Um, because if this draft is deep into the fifth and sixth round of cornerbacks, you kind of think, and linebackers, bring him in. But the deal is, we talked about this draft before, and we're not ones to pat ourselves on the back, but uh, we can tell you that we did say they are drafting for need this entire draft, yeah, and, and not for nothing. They got their needs. And yo, know, any draft quote unquote experts out there that that mocked Deion Dawkins to the Bills, let me know because I didn't see that. If you got him, let me know, and you're probably a lucky piece of shit. But let me know. And he was projected to be a round two draft pick, according to NFL.com. Deion Dawkins, 6'4", 34-inch arms, 314 pounds, 9 8 hands. That's a if big you can, dude. If you can swap those two fifths for a guy that's definitely going to be a contributor instead of two guys that might be contributors, I guess you do it. I, I'm not a scout. I wish I knew a little bit more because I would like to know, is this guy that good of a dude? Is this guy that good of a turnkey turnkey operator here because if I'm not mistaken, wasn't he I, I could be totally wrong, but the name I was looking at was Antonio Garcia. And I believe the Patriots picked him up. So I wasn't sure if Antonio Garcia was drafted after um Deion Dawkins because when I was updating the tracker when we were live, it felt like Antonio Garcia was still there. So sorry if anybody's screaming right now. Oh, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. You're right, I don't. So I guess I don't know what I'm talking about right now. Um, You know, this kid's an athlete. Uh, Deion Dawkins here. He was a defensive tackle. So that's a total opposite movement to go to the offensive line. And that happens. You know, Seattle's known to do that. Takes They, they had a guy who played defense. They moved him around on the offensive line, but it hasn't really worked out. But everything is a case-by-case scenario. This kid, what you got here is you have a theme of guys who have started a lot of games for this this Bills draft. That's one thing. It's a lot of experience. It's really, overall, what are our best 
odds uh, of getting results out of these players. Can these guys just do what they're asked? You have to really pat these guys on the ass these days and really go, come on, buddy, you got it, honestly. So that was pick number 63 was Deion Dawkins, okay? The Bills did not have a pick till pick five, 163. Let me tell you something. I was so bored listening to the draft fourth round i was like this is this is driving me crazy what am i doing with my time so look matt milano is from boston college and uh he's an athletic dude too and everybody says you know we were talking about a 34 rush we intro the, the the show for the draft night and check that out by the way on rocha sports network's facebook page and also it should be on channel 18 on rochester or sometime so check your local listings. It should be replaying up there if it hasn't already. And um, I'll be honest with you. Like, I'm not going to be honest. We were talking during the draft about, uh, like, like we intro the show with, with hey, th- this draft is about equity. It's about needs. It's about it's about everything underneath the sun. And, and if you were to list out their needs, you got two linebackers in this draft. Matt right. Milano, and, and they drafted him at 163, and then at 171, followed him up with a quarterback. So what's that tell you? Either they, as a PR move, maybe, wanted that linebacker and figured that Peterman would be there? I don't know. I don't know. They might have, They might have. you know, had to flip a coin to take take the linebacker over the quarterback. Um, here's what's interesting to me. They took... In the fifth, at 163, like you were saying, they took Matt Milano out of Boston College. Then in the sixth, at 191, they took Tanner Vallejo out of Boise State. Now, these guys are so measurable. Measurables are so close on these guys. That's almost like they drafted the same, the same style guy, like back-to-back. They're both, they're, they're both coming off of playing a lot of like the nickel linebacker role. Um, they're, they're, they're within an inch of each other height wise. And, uh, Matt Milano's five pounds lighter at 223 than Vallejo is at, at 228. So like very, very, very close build on these two guys. They're not big dudes. No, no, they're not almost, they're not they're huge, but they're not undersized. They're not as small as like, uh, what was the guy from last year that we really wanted to be successful? Eric Stryker. Right. It seems like they're these are I mean, am, am I totally wrong? To this think? is the most this is the most asinine thing in the world too. You gotta we're sitting in a room with two guys that are like five foot eight on a good day calling calling guys that are six one small, but <laughs> that that's kind of funny, right? <sighs> Look, Milano supposedly is is all right in coverage, so um well, again, they both kind of played that that nickel linebacker position, so they both they both, in theory, have experience in coverage. I just don't want to hear that coaches want to see versatile players. Of course, a coach wants for you know this coaching staff just you know they just want ver- you know what they we want <laughs> we just want Brandon Spikes only to stop the run on two out of three downs. That's all we want. On third town, he's off the field because we stopped the run the first time. Yeah, I'm sure it's exactly. You know what we want? We only want a guy who could do this. Why Why have regular ponies when you could have one-trick ponies? 
No, seriously. Who who doesn't like versatile players? I love versatile players. I, I you know, and it was kind of ironic because Brian Scott came out to introduce uh, one of the picks. Was it pick th- third round? I forgot what one. If you don't remember, I definitely don't remember. <laughs> well, Brian Scott came out, and let's be real. He was ahead of his time. He had that tweener linebacker safety role. And then Tom Brady's like, all right, well, you're going to do that. Well, I was undersized before being undersized. It was cool, bro. Yeah, we'll just run the ball on you for a million yards. And, uh, yeah, so that happened. So all of you guys that wanted Jabril Peppers. Sorry, guys. Turn on turn on the Cleveland broadcast. If you want to, if you want to watch that whole situation play out, I hope that kid does well. I I really felt like he he's a guy that could go either way, but he was so talked about that there's so much hype that he's just going to drown in it, especially in Cleveland. All right, I have an idea for you. So real quick, I want to talk about Nathan Peterman. Now, Eric Turner and I we were out on the phone. Eric Turner from Cover One. I was on the phone with him. During, um, well, well, you went into the draft to help set up the, the draft party. Oh, you mean while well, I was doing all the work, you were in the van on the phone? Yeah. Anyways, so, uh, yeah, I was being Italian. Whoa, wait, we're the stereotype, man. Yeah. Okay. Anyways. So, uh, I'm not talking about my hands right now. I... I was, of course phone, he is. I was on the phone with Eric, and I was like, you know, man, you know, TJ, TJ Yates is a stick to the roster and yada, yada, yada. And so I don't see the Bills draft the quarterback because I was talking about Chad Kelly, and he's like, you know, Chad Kelly is pretty talented. I have every reason not to like Chad Kelly, but he, if there's one thing Chad Kelly does well is he plays football, yada, yada, yada. And uh, I will say he brought up a good point about TJ Yates, which I never thought of. The Bills are interested in Hoyer first, okay? And then after Hoyer... The Bills went after TJ Yates, but I told Eric, I was like, well, TJ Yates has been in talks with, you know, Rick Dennison since the offseason started. So um, since he went to the Bills, and um, for some reason, I thought that TJ Yates would be, you know, I was, we were praising him as, oh, dude, he would have, I think the Bills nailed the back of quarterback position. He knows the position, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think of Nathan Peterman and, and especially if Cardale Jones shows that he could be the backup this year, I think TJ Yates is gone. That's pretty much as of talking to Eric Turner that it's the same thing. So, I mean, he might just be there to help with the, with the language at camp. You never even know. Right. And, and you know what? If he serves that role, that's fine. And I'm sure TJ will be a professional and, and just do that. And he's. He's totally down with that. So I'm really excited the Bills brought in Peterman. They did a nice, you know, Eric Turner and them, they did a great piece, uh, him and Nate Geary. Yes. They did a great piece on cover1.net. Um, it was actually an episode of their podcast. There's a video to go along with I listened with to the audio. I didn't watch the video, but let me tell you I watched you the something. video. Watch the video. It's worth it. Hey, I'll tell you one thing. When I was listening to that Nate Peterman podcast, one thing I love about the draft, I will say, is, is, is last season for the draft, I don't think they did it, but Sports Illustrated had like a nice write up on some guys or a nice podcast about uh you know certain certain players and it was like a podcast just dedicated to them and going under their background and pretty much that's what they did at cover one is they, they broke this kid down 
And and Nathan Peterman, he sounds very promising. If there's one thing that I think is very important in the NFL is a common-sense move, is you have a quarterback here that is almost, again, a turnkey guy where guess what's happening? He can run a pro-style offense. You should be able to slip him anywhere. You should be able to do a lot of things with Nathan Peterman. He's one of the more accurate quarterbacks. So quarterback sells. That's why a lot of people think that where the Bills got him in the fifth round. McDermott said it. He's just sitting there. How do you not? I mean, they say he's an anticipatory thrower. And honestly, if he has good accuracy already, I would rather him be our project guy than Cardell Jones. Because we've seen what happens when you try to teach accuracy to a guy with a big arm. His name was EJ Manuel, and it fucking sucked. Eric Turner said it. You either got it or you don't. Wait, maybe he didn't say that. I don't want to quote him. But I kind of agree. A lot of people, a lot of people have said that. So if it wasn't Eric, it was definitely somebody else you know and have heard of. So, I mean, it's been said enough that you can find find somebody who will tell you. Look, you got it or you don't. This is the big leagues, dog. I can't wait to see what comes on with this GM situation. Keep your eyes and ears open. Uh, big, big, big nuts from the Pagulas to to fire this guy, I think, uh, with his track record of players. But in the timing of it with Rui, the, the Sabres going on. I mean, hey, let's go. Uh, I support him. It, it is what it is. I'm always going to be a fan, but uh, I just hope that they make the smart move. I hope that it works out. You know what? I think they just took a look at it and said, you know what? Both of these teams need help. And it's going to be a bumpy ride, but let's just get it over with and get through it and then put it all behind us and hopefully look back and say, hey, we did the right thing. Let's hope they did the right Here, thing. Here's, here's one thought on that I'll last with it. Do you have any more on that? I don't mean to cut you off. Now, that was kind of like me hitting the final thought. All right, well, I didn't I got, call it the final thought. I'll give you my final thought because you care. But well, what if I have a retort? All right. Well, then you can follow <laughs> me up, Dad. Um. If you're the Pagulas and you have you're in a unique situation where you have the GM not hired and a coach. And what a lot of the narrative, the negative narrative that we get sucked into is, well, that general manager never hired that coach. Now, what was weird is Pagula and in, in the Bills made it seem like right off the bat, Doug Whaley, they made a point, is heading this coaching search. They came back with McDermott. I think they gave him a chance to work together. Reported back, yeah, dude's hard to work with, something like that. Maybe, maybe not. Um, and then maybe your draft scenario. But I'll say you're in a unique situation where maybe the positive feedback that Terry Pagula got for hiring Sean McDermott made this move a lot easier than normal because Sean McDermott, what if that is like the guy that a lot of GMs would want as their head coach anyway? So maybe now it's almost like, look, there's not anybody who wouldn't, wouldn't want to work with Sean McDermott. I could put Sean McDermott in a room with them, and they're going to get along and work together. Okay, so now from, for our final thoughts. Bean? No. On behalf of the Bills fan base... I want to, th- one last time, thank Doug Whaley because he might have pulled a Hail Mary for us that cost him his job because some of the rumblings around the internet are saying that Terry Pagula wanted to draft Mahomes in the first round. 
And that would have pissed me right the hell off. I heard McDermott got an override from a source. I can't mention who. McDermott got the override to pass on Mahomes. Well, they did the right thing. I think they got out of there with a better first-round pick and a better quarterback. Uh, at the same time, that quarterback went to Andy Reid, and Andy Reid was there for the Brett Favre trade in Green Bay. So, and and like I told you, man, watching hockey upstairs at, at a hockey game after a hockey game we played, I did not. I, I'm, I'm watching months ago, and I'm like, that guy throws like Brett Favre. His feet are so messed up, but then that ball comes out nice. Now, granted, they're accurate throws because that's the highlights. Take some time. Go watch the video portion of Eric's Eric's film breakdown, Eric and Nate's film breakdown on on Peterman. Look at his footwork. He uh, he posted a link this morning that that kind of like has the the little uh, like the time spot on mm-hmm. on YouTube, like right to where it gets into like the video the video portion. So check that out. He posted it on Twitter. For those who don't know, that's at Cover One Bills. Make sure you give that account a follow. You'll be a smarter football fan for it. Cover1.net. Good guys. Don't forget, um, we got shirts for sale. If you want to support the podcast, we are, you know, it would it would help us immensely. 19 bucks ship. Shoot me an email, David Um Just give me about a week to get them out. I might have to get some made, but I will keep in touch with you ASAP. I know we have some emails in already. I'm just stocking it up, trying to set up my... The, if you're here in, in the greater Rochester area, we'll even cut you a deal if you can meet up in person. Yeah. We're not that weird. Yeah, seriously. Um, and tell your friends, and, and honestly, what we're probably going to do is I just got to finalize setting up the Etsy shop where you could just go on Etsy. We'll give you the link. Yeah, we'll we'll probably even have it linked right from the from the main website spot too. on our website. So look for that. I'll, I'll, I'll get something up to at least show you it and tell you how to get a hold of us. And that's just the beginning. We'll have a lot more things coming for you that we're going to make. So we got well, some Well, yeah, if you on buy the these ones, if you don't, though, we won't be able to afford it. So do it. Buy them. We yeah, need you too. We just want you to have some fun and, and wear some, some, some nice stuff so we can actually pay for our website and server. He's lying. We're almost out of weed. Oh, stop. We're always out. Anyways, gnomebillsman.com. And don't forget, Wednesday, that's two days from now, uh, Wednesday, 7 p.m.-ish, find us on the interwebs. It will be 7 p.m. this time. I do not have any hockey or anything. So, yeah, dude, I will. we will be at <laughs> so Bills for Life. We so will be it's on my time. turn to make us look like a couple of liars. Don't worry. I'll just go without you, and then you just walk in, hey, like Kramer, but not the racist Kramer, the cool Kramer. And, uh, yeah. So, yeah. BillsForLife.com presents it on our Facebook page, Facebook.com, NumBillsFan. Follow NumBillsFan everywhere. Shoot us a message. Shoot us a DM. You have any thoughts? Maybe if you're somebody that's kind of big time and you want to come on our podcast and you're hearing this, I don't care who you are, just hit us up, please. And Either one of us. You can find me, too, at NumBillsAdamD on Twitter and Instagram. The Instagram's fun. It's my kid and lots of pizza. And me, at NumBillsFan on the Twitter. So, look... And the Instagram. Yes. Also, lastly, 25% off Shady Rays at ShadyRays.com. Don't forget PunchDrunkSports.com. Thank you to everybody, especially the Punch Drunk guys. For, uh, and everyone who's ever supported us, but especially those guys. Yeah, so thank, thank you for the opportunity. We've got big things in the future. Uh, we'll actually have an interesting podcast with the guy. Uh, his name is Kevin Elliott. 
and he is friends with Sam Tripoli from Punch Drunk, uh, another fellow comedian. I believe they go on the road together. And he is an L.A. Rams fan, and he's an L.A. Rams fan from when the Rams were in L.A. the first time to when they moved to St. Louis and now back. So that will be an interesting off-season podcast to kind of get a good feel like about how is L.A.? How would L.A. be for football? So I'm looking forward to that. Again, keep us in the loop. Keep yourself in the loop. Numbillsfan.com has everything up there. Thank you to everybody. Cheer. See ya. Bye.